Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hi everyone and I hope you're all doing really well at the moment and you've entered 2023 ready to take on a brand new year of bashing down the eating disorder, really doing everything you can to overcome it because life with an eating disorder as we know is pretty miserable and you deserve so much more and I know you can achieve it. So I'm sorry I haven't put out an episode for a couple of weeks. I have been very busy working on a new project which I want to get done so that I can put it out into the world so that you can all benefit from it. And I've also had a bit of a cold recently which means that talking non-stop for more than two or three minutes at a time wasn't necessarily something that was easy to do. So it made recording podcasts a little more challenging. But I'm back now and I've just got an episode today for you that is about how to take your recovery commitments from where they are to another level so that they really work for you, so that you have your recovery commitments and they're not just something that sits there, maybe down on a bit of paper, maybe you've even got them up on the wall or something, but they become a bit meaningless after a while and a bit, yeah, it's just something that fades into the background of life taking over and they're just there really aren't they they're just words so let's talk about how to get those recovery commitments and get them working for you so yes it's great that you've made your eating disorder recovery commitments and i hope you have if you haven't then that's the next step but yeah for those of you who've made your eating disorder recovery commitments Let's say they look something a bit like this. I will eat without any restriction. I will not engage in any unnecessary movement and that involves formal exercise or lower level movement. Another commitment might be that I will not engage in any other purging behaviors and I will not try to do anything else to manipulate my body weight or shape. So you've got these recovery commitments and that is wonderful. That is a start, fantastic, great. Commitments like these are an excellent way to lay out in black and white for yourself and maybe share them with others as well to hold you accountable. They really, you know, a good way to lay out your intentions. They are decisive, They're a way to say to everybody, this is what I'm doing so that I can overcome this eating disorder. But in reality, as I said, it's easy to make these commitments with the full intention of making them real, but then find that in practice, it just ain't happening. And that's perhaps not surprising when the commitments and the intentions are as broad as this. Because if you say, yeah, I'm going to eat without any restriction, 
That is my recovery commitment. I am committed to do that. But it's a bit broad, isn't it? What does that actually look like? Uh, you know, you've had an eating disorder, a restrictive eating disorder for what might be a couple of decades and your brain is so used to restricting to suddenly just be able to say, I'm going to eat without any restriction is, is something that your brain just can't compute. And it's understandable it can't compute that because it's, it's not had to do that for so long. So this is where, happily, there's a tool called if-then planning, which can help with taking your amazing recovery commitments to another level. And so in this episode, I'm going to talk about what if-then planning is and how it actually works. So for most people, if not everybody, there can be a big gap between knowing what you want to do in order to overcome the eating disorder and actually then doing it. And it's all too easy for distractions, procrastination, those strong existing habits and those powerful emotional reactions to sidetrack you from your excellent intentions. And therefore it's important to find ways to be sure that you can take consistent action even when there's obstacles trying to hijack you in doing that. So that's where these if-then statements come in. So you use if-then planning and you create these if-then statements. And if-then statements are very simple. It's as simple as if X happens, then I will do Y. So these simple statements take your commitments or goals out of the clouds where they are at the moment and they pin them down to concrete moments or situations in your daily life and they help you decide what you're going to do when those moments or those situations arise in your day-to-day life. And these if-then planning statements can be used for all aspects of life where people want to change their habits, change their lifestyle, or achieve their goals that are really hard to reach. People use if-then statements and if-then planning for all sorts of things. You know, we're applying it here to eating disorder recovery, but you can apply this to anything, and people do. And research into these simple statements shows that if you use them, you're two to three times more likely to succeed at sticking to your intentions than if you don't use if-then planning. And when you're aiming for goals that are related to something as difficult as overcoming an eating disorder, anything you can do to make sticking to your commitments and intentions that bit easier is definitely worth implementing. Well, it is in my mind anyway. So what is it then about these if-then statements that really makes them work? Well, you know that I do enjoy a bit of neuroscience and I like to bring that understanding of how the brain's working into really rationalizing why things work, why I might advise using tools that I do advise using. So on a brain-based level, if you can pin your commitments in recovery, down and tie them to specific triggers or situations, then the lack of choice makes it easier to form the neuroplasticity 
and the rewiring in your brain that you want to have as you've already determined the path you're going to take. So let me give you an example of this because it's probably sounding a bit weird at the moment. You might have an if-then statement of, if I'm thinking about food, I have to eat the most dense and scary thing I can find. So your if in the statement is, if I am thinking about food, your then in the statement is, I have to eat the most dense and scary thing I can find. Suddenly you're pinning a situation, so you're pinning the situation of I'm thinking about food, and you're pinning it down to a specific action that you're going to take, which is going to find something really dense and scary and eating it. Just giving yourself that lack of choice in that moment is going to make it easier for your brain to understand what it has to do and then to rewire that kind of action, that non-restrictive action into your brain's circuitry because you've already decided in advance, this is the path I'm taking. So if-then statements can really take away that element of indecision, the should I, shouldn't I, what shall I eat, what should I do, oh, maybe that's too much, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It gets rid of all that indecision. And it's all that indecision that makes life and makes overcoming the eating disorder so difficult and so anxiety-provoking. And so this can really help you instead to really maintain your focus and nail down stronger commitments so that you actually see them through. And that means that the connections between the brain cells that you want and in fact that you need to build the brain circuitry that is not driven by an eating disorder, those brain circuits and those brain cell connections are then forced into being. They're forced into life. They're forced to start talking to each other. Because if-then statements, they ultimately speak your brain's language. The human brain loves contingency patterns. It loves patterns such as if X, then Y. And it frequently uses this process on an unconscious level to guide a lot of our behaviours and our instantaneous decisions. So when we make our own intentional if-then plans, we're encouraging our brain into a pattern it understands, but we're encouraging it into that pattern it understands in a new direction and in a direction that we are choosing. And the other thing to do with your if-then statements is to associate them to particular daily cues and triggers. So cues and triggers are the very thing that the brain recognises and that lead you to take habitual paths without your conscious awareness. So these cues or triggers can be the fact it's a certain time of day, a certain pattern of behaviours that cue you on to take the next behaviour, they can be certain automatic thoughts that trigger a behaviour, or something in your environment that triggers a habitual action. So what I mean by this is that it could be 8 o'clock in the morning, and so your brain sees it's 8 o'clock in the morning, at 8 o'clock in the morning every single day, I go and brush my teeth. And it just does it automatically because it's that time of day. It can be the fact that you've just had a thought that I'm sure my stomach's getting bigger 
that thought alone is enough to trigger you into then restricting on your next meal because that's what you've habitually come to do every time you've had a thought that you're getting fatter. So any commitments that you make will be much more successful when you relate them to a particular cue or a particular trigger. So you need to decide exactly where and when you're going to act on your commitments and then you ultimately create a link in your brain between the situation or the cue, so that's the if, and the action that will follow, the then. Some examples in recovery might be, if it's morning and my eyes are open, then I find food and I eat it. If I'm thinking about going for a walk or a run, then I'll grab snacks, sit on the couch and message a friend for support. If I'm comparing my portion size to someone else's, then I will deliberately get double the portion they're eating. Or if I'm body checking and applying negative thoughts about my body, then I'll immediately lovingly rub the area I'm criticizing and think positive thoughts about it instead, visualizing the recovered future I am working towards, knowing a bigger body will help me get there. So looking again at the first of these statements, which was, if it's morning and my eyes are open, then I find food and eat it. If we look at that more closely, the situation, the if of it being morning and you being awake, through the if-then plan, will begin to be wired into your brain directly to the action, I find and eat food. So now you've made that if-then plan and that if-then statement, the situation of waking up in the morning becomes something of greater significance to your brain. And subconsciously, your brain will now start scanning your environment for the if part of your plans. And when it recognizes that if part is happening, it will start to attempt to activate the then part so that this becomes your new automatic response. This means that even if you're more distracted than usual, you're more likely to still achieve your original commitment. So therefore, you know, when you wake up in the morning, your brain is automatically alert to the fact, okay, hang on, I have a plan for this. I have a plan for when I wake up in the morning and I open my eyes. Yep, that's it. I know I have to go and find food. So even if you're distracted by something else when you wake up in the morning, there might just be that stronger chance that your brain has linked onto the fact that food is my priority because I'm awake. Whatever else is trying to distract me can wait. So in this way, if-then plans need less in-the-moment conscious effort, they need less mental energy or even willpower than is needed for just having that written-down commitment on its own of, I'm not going to restrict anymore. Up until now, we've talked about using if-then plans related to linking the cues to things that you might encounter every day in your general life. But if-then statements can also be used for unexpected situations that can occur in which you still want to really be able to hold on to your commitments in order for you to really continue to overcome your eating disorder through your actions. And for this, you really need to think about situations that might not happen, but that you want to be prepared for. And so you should have these statements prepared 
and rehearsed before you encounter and become tripped up by any of these events that could happen. So lay out some ground rules for yourself with your if-then plans by thinking about different situations before they happen and it takes away the need to make difficult decisions in what could be an unexpected and therefore probably quite stressful situation. And examples here can be if I'm in a restaurant looking at the menu and I'm undecided, then I will let the waiter decide for me. If a friend invites me out for lunch, then I will say yes immediately and order the scariest option no matter what they are choosing. Or if I get stuck when I am out and I can't get home to eat at the time I planned, then I will go into the nearest fast food restaurant and buy their full meal deal. Get detailed and plan for all types of triggers, all types of situations that you can think of. And in doing so, you will remove your ability to make excuses for not following through on your commitments. And it's going to strengthen your ability to really keep to those commitments instead. So to really put this into practice, when you're in the process of overcoming that eating disorder, to really put if-then planning into practice, you really need to take time to sit down and you need to take time to think about them in much more detail because if-then plans have to be unique and meaningful to you. And they need to be relevant to your personal and your daily situations and circumstances. So reflect on what points in your day you're more likely to get pulled off course in your process of overcoming the eating disorder. Where do you most need to put in some contingency plans? And then set yourself up several if-then statements for all sorts of cues, which are your ifs, and the recovery positive action that you want to put into place to follow those cues with, which are your thens. Write out your statements that are relevant to your commitments and to your life and reread them, remember them, share them with others, stick them on the wall or somewhere you can refer back to them regularly so that your brain really builds that link between the if and the cue and what it needs to do to guide you to do the next thing when it recognises the cue is present. And ultimately commit to your statements. Don't question them when the time comes. Just follow them, knowing that doing so is absolutely the right thing for you to do. If-then planning can really take your commitments for your recovery to a new level of not just committing, but consistently acting on those commitments, even when life gets in the way. And ultimately, if-then planning could help take the process that you're working through to overcome the eating disorder from that hard slog, that frustrating process, that anxiety-provoking and painstaking process to make it just a little bit easier. At the end of the day, if-then planning makes your brain work for you in a way that the brain understands and that will take you to the results that you really want. And hopefully, the results you really want 
a repositive, new, non-disordered and life-freeing future with habits that are completely non-disordered, non-restrictive eating and behaviours that don't lead you back into a state of energy deficit. So that's my episode for today. I hope that's helped and helped to give you something to think about. Hopefully some of you now will be going out, rushing out to make some if-then plans for your own journey into overcoming eating disorder to hopefully make it a little bit easier for you, help your brain focus in on what you really have to do. Thank you for listening. You will find me on hellybarns.com and otherwise I will speak to you again very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.